Good afternoon, this is Angela Schaefers, and I am the host of Your Story Matters, and I'm very excited to uh, talk with my guest, Mel Fergenbob, today, and he is going to share uh, quite an amazing story that he has lived through um, recently in the past few years. And Mel, I just thank you for allowing me your time and for being here to talk with me about your story. Well, thank you, Angela. Thank you for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to do that. You're very welcome. Um, what I wanted to talk with you about today was some of the experience you went through with your previous wife and her illness. And if you wanted to just share some of what the illness was and how long you endured um, that situation and what you learned from that and the, maybe some of the things you went through during that time. Because as you know, there's lots of people who go through illness with a loved one or themselves and it becomes very discouraging at times and very um, difficult at times to feel like we can get through something like that. But when talking with you previously, I felt like not only did you get through it, but some really good things came from it. And those are the things that I hoped you would share today with us. I'd be delighted. And if uh, any of the information I share can help someone, uh, that's the purpose for doing this. And I really appreciate you doing what you do. Uh, Thank you. Um, well, I'll start from the beginning. Okay. I met each other at the beginning of high school. So we were, we've been together a long time. And um, October of 04, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. Never smoked, never drank, um, exercised almost every day, ate healthy. It was a total shock to us. Mm -hmm. In we um, very confident we were going to find an answer, even though the doctor, when uh, he gave us the information, said that it's inoperable. So it, um, he wasn't very excited about possibilities. Mm -hmm. we, um, we went to a couple of other people, and one of them was a doctor who leaned over to Myrna at the time, really got in her face and said, uh, listen, uh, nobody knows how much time we have. And that was very comforting because people were giving us time frames. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hear that because people live within that time frame. And I didn't want to know. Mm -hmm. didn't learn so um, we um, it's it, undoubtedly you're going down a path in life and suddenly you do a 90 degree turn and what we did was we took care of some some um, health matters at the time um, her diagnosis she had some fluid that had to be drained and we did that, and not knowing anything about the illness, I started to do some research, but of course, we just followed what was recommended, and that was the normal path, the traditional path, chemo, and, and then as I did research, we, um, we stopped the chemo and, and other things, holistic, alternative, metaphysical, and uh, some months after that, she was diagnosed, as I said, in October of '04, and... Um, Beginning of the year, our daughter 
told us that um, she was pregnant and wanted Myrna to attend the birth of her child, her first child. And that was in St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, it was going to be in July. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we going to get there? We can't uh, fly. The doctor said it wouldn't be a good idea with Myrna's lungs being in the condition that they were in. Mm-hmm. So we had our, some options. One was to just drive, and another was something that uh, we had um, always wanted to do, and that is be in a motorhome. Mm-hmm. So I started to research, and we found out what it would cost to, to rent. A friend of mine offered uh, their motorhome, and when I told this to Myrna, she says, well, if we're going to rent or if we're going to borrow, why don't we buy one? Mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, honey, are you ready? This is a life change. Mm-hmm. And she looked back at me and smiled and said, no, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. We bought a motorhome, and um, we lived in that motorhome for the year and a half um, until Myrna died in March of 06. Mm. This was uh, part of our journey. We, um, we, did, we did get to St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, we left Tampa on the 10th of July, arrived in St. Paul, Minnesota, the 13th of July, met up with the kids. Mm-hmm. Next morning, Melanie went into the hospital and wanted, and, and uh, she gave birth. Mona was there in attendance. So uh, that, uh, that all worked out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we stayed there for about a month. Melanie wanted Myrna to help her with the baby. And then we started to travel. We did um, 21 states, a couple provinces uh, up in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, 6,000 miles. And um, living the dream, living what we always wanted to do. Wow. Uh, looking back now, it was more of a farewell tour mm-hmm. that uh, we were on. Um, and we came back, and, and um, this was in October of that year, of uh, 05. And um, as I said, we remained in the motorhome. And Myrna uh, died in March of 06. Mm. So that, that was uh, part of the life change that uh, took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, Angela, I teach a uh, self-improvement seminar, and this, firstly, the seminar helped me to deal with this, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly the, the circumstance in which I found myself was very valuable to the students that were in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I had students in the courtroom who were struggling with coping skills, mm-hmm. I was able to step forward and say, I, I, I know how you feel because let me tell you what's happening with me and how I'm coping. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Myrna died, the number of people that have been in the courtroom devastated over the loss of a loved one that I've been able to share my feelings with and help them through their issue. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to do this if I didn't experience what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, albeit devastating, um, 
mother and I were together for 50 years. Mm. Nevertheless, there is, as people would say, a silver lining or a, a gift in everything. And when we look for the gift, um, for me, it made it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Instead of why me and why Myrna and why now and why us, mm-hmm. I always ask the question, everything is happening for a reason. What am I to learn from this and how am I supposed to share the information? Mm-hmm. Looking at my circumstances that way gave me um, a lot more clarity, a lot more of positive attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I never discussed that. She always told the doctors, um, I'm too busy. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to be around for a long time. I have a lot of things I want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, we never discussed anything like that. That's the metaphysical aspect. Everything was was stated in positive terms. And every morning we would get up and I would say to her, honey, what are you grateful for? And she would always say, I'm, I'm grateful for another day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, um, we live day by day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we filled up the days with what we wanted the days to look like mm-hmm. rather than take it for granted. So, again, gifts, uh, unexpected wrapping paper, but nevertheless... Uh, gifts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things looking back um, that I experienced at the time, um, living in the motorhome, traveling. You know, when Myrna died, uh, I just got this very strong feeling to take the motorhome out on my own, mm-hmm. which I did. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the interim, um, I connected with a friend of Myrna's um, and myself, uh, Linda, and um, Linda and Myrna were friends, and um, we had been friends for a while, all of us, and here I found myself in a romantic relationship with Linda, and um, spiritually speaking, we know Myrna had a hand in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, bringing you up to date, uh, we were married in July of July 4th of 08, and uh, we are in the midst of moving from uh, Tampa, Florida to North Carolina to uh, start a different life together. Mm -hmm. When you mention Myrna having a hand in that, would you be willing to share the story about the telephone call from Linda? Because I remember you sharing that, how that was a big thing. Yeah, there were a number of things that happened. This this was one that I had shared with you previously. Uh, we were, I was up in, um, well, backing up July the 4th of uh, 06 is when uh, Linda and I met. I was here to teach one of my classes. And we uh, were on the beach, uh, some 25, 26 of us having done dinner at a restaurant. And I got to the beach and there was... Uh, a line of beach chairs, and I sat down uh, beside Linda. And um, it's not unusual in my circle of friends to be holding hands or hugging. And so here I am. I have somebody on one side, I'm holding hands with. On my left side was Linda. Mm-hmm. So there was a connection, and um, I I didn't know. I mean, I knew how I felt. I was just very surprised at it. Mm-hmm. 
we didn't say anything. We just left the beach that night. And um, uh, July the 5th, uh, I flew out. I flew back to Denver where my motorhome was. And then July the 13th, I flew up to St. Paul, Minnesota to celebrate my grandson's first birthday. Mm-hmm. There, from the 13th to the 18th, one of the mornings I got up and I was holding the baby and I'm hearing a voice. And I don't know where the voice is coming from. I looked at the television set that wasn't on. I peered around the corner to see maybe a radio and uh, came on and the, the timer. And, you know, there was no radio on. I went to the front door and nobody was there. So I started to trace this voice and the voice was just saying, hello, are you there? And I traced it to my cell phone. Mm-hmm. My cell phone and I said, hello. And it was Linda. Mm. And she said, hey, you called? Mm. And I said, no. Now, Angela, the cell phone was on the coffee table. The charger was um, was attached to the cell phone from the night before. I had not used the cell phone that morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was Linda. And mm. I looked at the cell phone, and it did have an outgoing arrow indicating there was an outgoing call from my cell phone, but I never called her. Mm. So we found that very interesting, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't mention it much. When I came back from St. Paul, Minnesota to Denver, Colorado, I picked up the motorhome and uh, headed out from there up into Wyoming. And one of the evenings I was speaking to, I spoke to Linda every day after that, and one of the evenings I asked her, I said, I mean, how did you feel after July the 4th? She says, well, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to be in a relationship with you because we've been friends for so long and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. And uh, we do the Redirect Your Life course together and I didn't want to uh, to miss being there if the relationship didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let me ask you, with that telephone incident, how did you feel after that? And she said, I was sure. Mm-hmm. So Linda and I have said to each other, and we're, we're clear, we know, we just don't believe, we know. But Mona had her hand in that. Um, making sure that uh, Linda was sure. And there were some things that that happened after that, that um, visions and and uh, feelings, and um, but all of it just indicated that um, Lena had her hand in this and making sure that, that we were together. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Now, I know you said that you and Myrna weren't, didn't talk about death and dying and the negative things, but you, did you ever talk about or did she express feelings about her desire to want you to be happy and to be with someone and to be loved? That was... Um, never spoken of, and mm-hmm. um, we always knew it. I mean, if right. Mona took care of me for 50 years, mm-hmm. she's, she wasn't going to stop. Right. And um, mm-hmm. I suggest, and I believe, she handpicked someone mm-hmm. to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she couldn't pick a better partner for me. So, um, no, we never discussed it. 
We never discussed her not being here. We never discussed us not being together. Mm-hmm. Never discussed Angela, funerals, and what we wanted that to look like. We never discussed any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, after she passed, I just created something that I thought that, that um, we would serve us both. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We, we didn't have a funeral. We had a celebration. And, mm-hmm. and so, no, we, we didn't discuss that. Uh, one of the things that um, I believe is that what you think, what you speak, is what you create. Mm-hmm. And so we never spoke of uh, of dying. We mm-hmm. always spoke of living. We She never spoke of, I have cancer. Mm-hmm. She always um, mentioned that uh, some doctor diagnosed her with lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So this is all part of the uh, metaphysical aspect that um, we were doing as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, you know, she survived for a year and a half, mm-hmm. which... Um, was way more than expected mm-hmm. um, from any of the doctors that we had gone to. Mm-hmm. So we're we're grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, do you feel then? All, do you do you feel then that both of you at at the time of her actual death then were somewhat at peace and had a, a place of acceptance over all of this? Is that? Um, I, I know I did. Mm-hmm. I know that um, on March the 6th of 2006, Mona said to me, um, she was in the bedroom of the motorhome, and um, I was feeding her some water. She was certainly deteriorating and was weak. And she looked at me and she said, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. And uh, I said, well, honey, if you want to leave, um, don't stay here for me. Mm-hmm. Be in pain and stay here for me. If mm-hmm. you want to leave, then, then leave. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. To which she said, um, better tell the kids. Mm-hmm. I said, the kids know. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I would like to hold the baby one more time. And mm-hmm. the baby was um, Joshi, who was the little baby that was born when we went to St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That was the previous July. This is now March. Mm-hmm. So she says, I would like to hold the baby one more time. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And I left the bedroom and went into the living room of the motorhome and called my daughter, told her what her mother just said. Mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, I made arrangements for her mother to be transferred to hospice. Tuesday, Melanie made arrangements to fly down here. Wednesday, mm-hmm. Amanda was in hospice and medicated so that um, she was not in pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tuesday night, uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday night, uh, my son picked up her sister and and the baby at the airport and brought them to the to hospice. Mm-hmm. I put the, my son-in-law put the baby on the bed, and I connected Mona's hands with Joshi's hands, and, and um, they held hands for a couple of seconds. And when the baby got fussy, my son-in-law picked them off the bed, and their hands disconnected. And uh, Mona took two more breaths and uh, passed away. Wow. So we uh, we never discussed any of it until March the 6th, 
night. Mm-hmm. And, um, March the 8th is when she died. Wow. So, uh, no, we, we never sat down and discussed it. And to Luna's um, acknowledgement, never during the year and a half did she ever complain, why me, and mm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one time, except one time, we were having... We were having lunch, and um, we peered through the plate glass window of the restaurant to someone standing on the sidewalk uh, smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, you know, I don't smoke. I got lung cancer. She's smoking. She doesn't have lung cancer. Mm-hmm. That was the only time. Yeah. So to, mm-hmm. to her acknowledgement, you know, um, she never complained. We never discussed it. Mm-hmm. I probably must have done some grieving during the year and a half, mm-hmm. uh, but it was never it was never spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had been together for fifty years, so we we knew mm-hmm. we um, read each other's emotions, and um, so it it certainly was a very trying time to say the least. But, uh, it was surreal most of the time. Mm-hmm. And and still always researching, looking for answers, not only to lung cancer, but I shifted almost from the beginning to pain management because Myrna was in pain. Mm-hmm. I was always wanting to uh, relieve her of her pain and juggling meds to see what would give her the most relief without uh, being drugged. Right. Uh, Very, very trying times. And certainly what it taught me as a result looking back is just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. In the moment. And that's what we did. Day by day, we just lived in the moment. Every moment getting up, what are you grateful for? Grateful for another day. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and we made the most of it. Right. And I know um, you're a very positive thinker, and it totally, you know, makes sense based on what I know of you, that you just took it day by day and, and saw the best in it and then realized, you know, the silver lining in it all. But what do you think, because there's so many people that go through things like this, and during that time of being with the person that is dying and suffering, people feel frustrated and angry and alone and a lot of different emotions that you didn't mention. And so I just wonder how, what would you say to them other than the obvious of, you know, think positive, speak positive one day at a time. Is there something else that you could say that would help someone who might be in your situation to deal with that day to day grind, if you will, on their heart and soul as they watch this happen? Well, my, my spiritual background um, teaches me that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, there are no accidents, no coincidences, there's no random acts in the universe. Everything is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. I never asked why. I always asked, what am I to learn? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Am I supposed to use this information? What I would suggest an answer to your question to people who are listening to this Honor your feelings. Mm. Honor your feelings, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. What we resist persists. Mm. Don't resist. 
If we're angry, feel the anger. If we're sad, um, experience some sadness. Mm-hmm. My suggestion, in addition to that, would be give it a time frame. Mm. And let it, um, if we're sad, give it a time frame. How long do you want to be sad for? You don't have to be sad for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Give it a time frame. Let it go. Mm-hmm. People who are still here with us, no matter what their condition is, they're still here. Mm-hmm. The grieving is for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Person, once they pass, uh, they're not going to be in any pain anymore. So it's up to us. Mm-hmm. To... And that was my focus was just to be in the moment, to be with Lerna, to enjoy everything that I can while she was still here. Um, not planning for the future. Mm-hmm. Because again, didn't want to create any energy that she would be gone. Right. Um, at the when she did pass, um, whatever needed to be done as far as the family and myself, and I mean, all of it was addressed. And then I felt my feelings. I I felt everything, all the emotions. Mm-hmm. Angela, as I said, I gave myself permission to do that, and then I let her go. Mm-hmm. Did it come back? Yes. Me, mm-hmm. I'm. Um, I had some thoughts of what do I want to do, where do I want to go, how do I want to grow, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, allowing things to unfold. Mm -hmm. And then when anger or sadness came up again, I gave myself permission to feel it, Mm -hmm. put a time frame, and let it go. Mm -hmm. And um, over the three and a half years since she passed, or certainly the five years since she was diagnosed, um, that those feelings have somewhat dissipated mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, certainly, Linda, Mona is very much a part of the relationship Linda and I have. Mm-hmm. So there's no eggshells that we're walking on. We acknowledge feelings. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and we speak... I speak of Mona today, not... Out of sadness, I speak out of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I could have, I, I, I could choose to. Um, wh- why did you? Why was she taken away after 50 years? Mm-hmm. Or I could be grateful for having 50 years with her. Right. It's all a choice. Mm-hmm. It's all a choice. And, and so, again, my beliefs and my spirituality and what I teach uh, is uh, about personal growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that has happened to us, everything that's happened to me has happened for a reason. Right. Nobody called me to tell me what the reason is, and it's up to me to to um, determine that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, going back to those moments, to the year and a half from the time she was diagnosed, to the moment when we heard the doctor tell us that she had lung cancer and it was an, inoperable. Mm-hmm. Um, from that moment, we we just said, you know, um, we'll we'll find a, a cure, we'll find uh, a way, we'll find some answers, and in the interim, we just um, continue to live life and do what we wanted, knowing that each day, each moment was precious. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. Listening and and their feelings, honor them. Mm-hmm. 
they, they're real. Um, feelings are not negotiable. Mm-hmm. How feel it, give it a time frame, let it go, um, and move forward. There's a willingness to move forward. Mm-hmm. Angela, um, a, lot of, a lot of the sadness that I have found um, with people who I've been in contact with because of my experience, we often hear that uh, we have a fear of dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, um, none of us are going to live forever. Mm-hmm. So it's inevitable. We know that. Mm-hmm. I want to suggest to you and to your listeners that the fear is not about dying. The fear is that when the time comes, we're going to look back and say we really never lived. Mm-hmm. So if I was to offer any suggestions is... Um, enjoy life, enjoy the moment, enjoy the small things, mm-hmm. um, enjoy it moment to moment. Mm-hmm. How, many, how many people have you heard uh, plan for a uh, two-week vacation sometime during the year? Mm-hmm. What happens to the other 50 weeks? Right, right. And I'm simply suggesting, based on my experience, enjoy the 50 weeks. Right. Enjoy every moment of the 50 weeks. Enjoy every day, no matter how small or immaterial the, the connection is or what we're doing is, you want to watch TV together, then watch TV together. Don't take anything for granted. Life is too short. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I know yeah, you had shared some things about Myrna um, when we had talked before, but just, you know, there's just a few things that you could tell us that were so great about her because I you just have always spoke so highly of her and, I mean, what were those things that really stick out in your mind that were just the best Myrna things? We, uh, I've been teaching uh, courses now for a number of years, and uh, Myrna was with me in every one of those courses. And uh, although I was the person up front, she had no desire to be up front. Mm-hmm. We, or that the details got handled and. Over all the years that uh, we've been in the courtroom together, Myrna became known as the Rock. Mm. Meaning that she was uh, grounded. People refer to her as the most grounded person that they have met. And so when someone would walk into a courtroom uh, or we would be together socially, people would see Myrna and they had shared with me, they just felt safe. Mm-hmm. So Mona had that, um, that ability to put people at ease. Mona mm. uh, couldn't exaggerate uh, or lie or do any of that. She was always straightforward, didn't say much, but when she did speak, uh, people listened and mm. they knew. Even in her silence, people knew because they felt her energy and they felt the safety. Mm. So um, Myrna had um, a lot of great qualities. And when she died, I um, I was reading a book called Ask and It Is Given mm. by Sir and Jerry Hicks. And, and there was a chapter in there on vibrations. And what I included in reading that chapter was that if... Um, a higher power wanted me in another relationship, I wanted to put in my order. So I made a list 
and and the list was Mel's ideal partner, and I listed some 45 qualities or attributes. Mm-hmm. Angela, all of them were from Mona. Mm-hmm. We're together 50 years. I did not, I never did want to settle, so um, I wanted all of the qualities she had in another partner. And um, and then one or two or three, because of the circumstances, uh, certainly could be improved upon, which I did, but all of the attributes came from Myrna, and uh, all of them, the entire list, is uh, what Linda possesses. So. Wow, that's awesome. That's great. And before we end the call, tell us a little bit about Redirect Your Life, because I know that's um, your passion and something you've been doing for years. Can you tell us, kind of in a nutshell, what the course is about and what happens once you go through it? Um, thank you for asking that. Yes, I will. Redirected Life is a self-improvement seminar, self-awareness seminar. Best way to explain it is uh, have any one of your listeners ask themselves this question. Is there room for improvement in my life? If I was to do a weekend self-improvement seminar, how would I want my life different as a result? Hmm. It could be career, it could be marital or intimate relationship, family, friends, children, siblings, parents, all of the above. The process called redirected life addresses everybody's issue. I'll give you an example. Uh, last course we did here in Tampa a couple of weeks ago, there was um, issues of childhood abuse. Uh, of course, before that, it seemed to be on relationships. Should I stay in it? Should I leave it? Uh, I'd like one. I don't have one. And why don't I have one? Mm-hmm. What's my fear? Or how, why am I attracting all of the wrong partners? Every course is different. Uh, it could be grief issues. It could be self-esteem issues. Whatever it is, the process called Redirect Your Life will address their issues. Mm-hmm. So the, the key question for people is, um, are is there room for improvement in areas of your life? And are you ready to take action and uh, improve your life? Or just leave it as an idea or as a thought? Mm-hmm. And um, again, what Myrna has taught me is life is too short. What are we waiting for? Mm-hmm. My mother taught me that as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. He died at 62 and um, I was um, 35 at the time. And for years prior to that, I would say, and my brother would say to my mother, why are you hassling the inclement weather uh, of winter up north? Why don't you go south to Florida and um, experience winter weather in Florida? Mm-hmm sunshine and warmth. And she would always say, when your father retires, mm-hmm. um, Mom, why are you waiting? Why don't you do it now? Mm-hmm. Well, when your father retires. Angela, long story short, my father retired in July 1977. My mother died the same month. Mm-hmm. She never experienced it. Mm-hmm. Once again, Looking back at my life, that was another example of what are we waiting for? Right. Mm-hmm. So going through the course gives you an opportunity to kind of take off some of that 
fear, apprehension, maybe even some of the false things that you believe so that you can go forward and really live your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the course certainly living the principles of the course has uh, allowed me to move forward, mm-hmm. allowed me to deal with the situation uh, for the year and a half. It allowed me to deal with the three and a half years since it allowed me to um, be in a relationship with Linda without dragging baggage with me. Mm-hmm. Certainly I have my history, which Linda knows about. Um, but I was able to deal with all of it in a, in a way that allowed me to move forward. Right. And that's the key. My mother died in, um, at the age of 62. My father died at the age of 94. Mm. For the, the year um, between, my father lived in mourning. Mm. And um, this was not something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. My my belief system is different than my father's was, and um, and again, as I said, whether it certainly wasn't a conscious choice, Marna did put Linda and myself together, and I told you the telephone story. There were other stories like that that um, Linda and I experienced, not the least of which was one time when we were in the motorhome. And um, I pulled over to into a st- um, rest area and um, just went into the bedroom of the motorhome and lay down to rest my eyes for a bit. And Linda was laying there with me. And Linda reports after when she opened her eyes, I was still sleeping. She saw a vision of Myrna on the ceiling. And uh, Myrna looked down. And uh, what Linda heard her say was, my job here is complete. Mm. So we, we know, Linda, uh, Linda and I know that Myrna would be watching over us. And when she saw that um, we were committed and the details were getting handled, um, she says, my job here is complete. And neither one of us has seen her since. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. Well, Mel, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing part of your story and I just wish you and Linda the best in your future, and I just um, know that you've impacted a lot of people's lives through the Redirect Your Life course, and I just hope that that continues to go well for you. Well, thank you, my dear, and, and um, you have my contact information. If anybody um, wants to speak to me and if I can help anybody through uh, their issues, um, please have them call me. Yes, I will. If anyone would like to find out more about Redirect Your Life, please um, contact me through my website or my email. Your Story Matters is a show dedicated to people who have amazing or interesting stories to share with others. And through those stories, um, we hope to encourage and inspire many in their endeavors and also in any possible challenges they may be going through in their life situations. Uh, We encourage people to listen and gather information and even resources that they might need to get through or deal with the particular situation that they may be in, or to listen and be inspired about how some people who have just had a vision or a dream or 
just a desire to do something with uh, their gifts and talents and they have taken that to the next level and made a difference in their community or even further than their very surrounding area. If you have someone that has a story to share that would be amazing, interesting, or helpful to others, I encourage you to let us know. You, we can be reached at www.grief2grace.org or email at info at grief2grace.org. And even if it's you and you have a story that you think should be told and that you um, have learned a great deal from and would like to share with others in the hopes of helping them, we would uh, definitely like to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll share a song with you that I think is a true reflection of how I feel and what I think, and it's called The Story of My Life by Ringan Mama. Hope you enjoy it.